0: Today on Annenberg
1: Radio News. The bottom line is that you have a large immigrant population that is being uneducated.
0: Helping illegal immigrants in California pay for higher education, a student tells why he supports the so-called DREAM Act. Good afternoon, and welcome to Annenberg Radio News for Tuesday, March 25, 2008. I'm Laura Weber. A new report shows that LAPD officers are more likely to kill themselves than die in the line of duty. Hana reports.
2: The report was prepared by LAPD's Behavioral Science Services Branch and presented today to the Police Commission. It says the suicide rate among Los Angeles police officers is higher than that of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and law enforcement agencies in Chicago and New York. During the last nine years, 19 LAPD officers committed suicide, while seven were killed in the line of duty. Dr. Denise Jablonski-K, a licensed psychologist with the LAPD, says police officers face daily stress in the line of duty and in their personal lives. Police officers generally have higher incidence of suicide because of the, the stresses of the job, the availability of the means. You know, It's often a firearm. That they they commit suicide with. Oftentimes, police officers have problems in their in their relationships because of the job and the hours and what they're exposed to and the lack of communication. And sometimes those relationships fail. Jablonski K says the LAPD provides professional counseling to police officers to help them overcome any traumatic situation on the job. We have a psychologist on call. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Jablonski K says factors that might make the suicide rate higher include a lack of community respect and the long commute to and from work. Hannah Kim, Annenberg Radio News. A judge today
0: ruled the LAPD's first openly gay police officer will most likely not get a new trial in his claims of discrimination. Jurors denied Mitchell Grobson's claim for $4.4 in damages back in December. Grobson's lawyers today argue jurors were pressured during the original trial deliberations. Advocates of medical marijuana are appealing to the Los Angeles City Council for protection. Timothy Beckworth reports.
3: Medical marijuana defenders appeared before the city council today to ask that the city provide protection for patients and legal marijuana providers. Last week, the DEA raided six medical marijuana shops and a private residence. Virgil Grant runs a medical marijuana dispensary and says that the DEA entered his home and seized his family's possessions and bank accounts. Though medical marijuana is legal in California, that hasn't stopped the DEA from raiding and shutting down marijuana dispensaries. Federal laws still prohibit any sale of marijuana, leaving medical marijuana providers in California vulnerable to federal discrimination. The city council and the mayor have been supportive of medical marijuana in keeping with state laws. Councilmember Dennis Zine insists that the council will continue to support the legal distribution of medical marijuana, despite the DEA's desire to shut it down. This council supported the legislation, medical marijuana. I personally sent a letter to the DEA asking them to back off. Not respond to that. Timothy Beckworth reporting.
0: Small business owners and developers will soon have an easier time getting city approval. Catherine Reese has the story.
2: Mayor Antonio Villaragosa today proposed a way to streamline the city's building approval process with the 12 to 2 plan. Right now, a builder must have approval from 12 different departments. Under the mayor's proposal, only two departments would need to give approval. Villaragosa says the idea is to help small businesses avoid needless bureaucracy. Officials hope these simpler steps will encourage economic development and create jobs. They say the plan will also make it easier for residents to get information about projects in their communities. The mayor will discuss how to implement the plan with the city council on April 1st. Katherine Reese, Annenberg Radio News.
0: Presidential candidate John McCain is paying a visit to Southern California. Today, he will visit former First Lady Nancy Reagan's house to get her endorsement. Earlier today, McCain spoke in Santa Ana where he addressed recent mass housing foreclosures. The senator said he understands frustration with the crisis, but he did not present any solutions to the problem. McCain did call for more accountability among lenders and for two panels to examine possible solutions. McCain met yesterday with military families in San Diego. He spoke of the progress made by U.S. forces in Iraq. But in Iraq today, U.S. and Iraqi troops face some of the worst fighting in months. They fought Shiite militiamen loyal to Muqtada al-Sadr, an anti-American cleric. As Stephanie Meisenheimer reports, the renewed fighting comes after a milestone in the war's death toll.
1: The death toll in Iraq reached 4,000 this weekend. Michael Keene, an expert on military tactics, says that while the grim benchmark is a media highlight, the rate of casualties is actually an improvement from last year.
4: If you put it in the context of what the death toll has been, you know versus last year it's really at a third of the of the level of kind of casualties that the american forces had been suffering versus just the prior year
1: but shad mishad president and founder of the national veterans foundation calls the death toll horrific and he hopes it will serve as a wake up call to america and when you think of the number 4000 multiply that by 10 or 15 and, and that's how many people are are affected directly by the loss of these men. President Bush acknowledged the death toll in a statement yesterday. He said the victory in Iraq will merit the sacrifice that the military has made and their lives will not be lost in vain. Stephanie Meisenheimer, Annenberg Radio News. Looking at the weather for tonight, the temperature will stay cool but
0: comfortable in the mid-50s. We'll have some winds in the Southland with gusts up to 50 miles per hour in North L.A. County. Expect highs in the 70s tomorrow and Thursday with lots of sunshine. Later on Annenberg Radio News, an African American community leader speaks about issues of race and identity in Los Angeles. California Republican lawmakers have released a package of 20 bills to crack down on illegal immigration. The package is intended to punish companies that hire illegal workers. It will also get rid of tuition benefits for students who are illegal immigrants. Assemblywoman Mimi Walters says illegal immigrants cost the state $9 billion a year. Similar bills have failed in the Democratic-controlled state government. One of the major issues of the 2008 election is illegal immigration. Trapped within the debate are thousands of high school and college-age undocumented immigrants who want a chance at higher education but can't afford it. State Senator Gil Cedillo has tried and failed twice to pass legislation that would help some of these students get financial aid. One young man is hoping his third try will be the charm. Sam Farber has the story.
3: Student about a year's worth of classes away from graduation. It's taken him a long time to get there.
0: I've been in college for at least seven years because I've, I've, I've had to work my way in order to pay for classes, to pay for books.
3: Jose has to work because he can't get any scholarships, grants, or work-study funds from his school. He can't get them because Jose is an undocumented immigrant.
0: When I was brought over, I was four years old. I finished kindergarten and then I went into first grade. I've always been a student at the Los Angeles Unified School District.
3: His entire education might be here in California, but legally, he's a Mexican. Here in the US, illegally. Even though he hasn't lived in Mexico for 20 years, Jose didn't even know Spanish growing up.
0: Taking Spanish was also something that I had to acquire in school.
3: About 25,000 undocumented students, like Jose, graduate from California high schools every year. Maria Rodriguez works for the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles, or CHURLA. She says this population is being wasted.
1: The bottom line is that you have large immigrant population that is being uneducated. So you have students, are valedictorians who are top athletes, who are competitive mathematicians in certain programs that can't continue their college education.
3: Rodriguez says the solution is State Senator Gilbert Cedillo's California DREAM Act. The DREAM Act would allow certain undocumented students access to certain forms of financial aid. Opponents, including the governor, say with college fees rising on all students, it's not in the system's best interest to give aid to non-students. But advocates, like Rodriguez, say this isn't a handout. It's an investment.
1: We're talking about students who California has been investing since elementary school. So why does it make sense to then deny them the continuity of that education? Because they are committed and ready to give back to California.
4: I mean, I want to be a teacher. There's not enough teachers out there.
3: Jose says he may be taking next quarter off. He needs to build up the funds to pay for it. Cedillo's office says the California DREAM Act should be voted on in April. Sam Farber, Annenberg Radio News.
0: Barack Obama's recent speech addressing the issue of race in America has been the center of media attention over the past week. Obama opened the dialogue in response to criticism of his pastor's controversial remarks in his predominantly African-American church. Obama's speech, which he wrote himself, has been hailed as one of the most candid and important public proclamations of ethnic relations. He, we sent our Daryl Parinata out this afternoon to talk with local residents about race in our society.
3: My name is Godana Waco and I am from LA. I'm a student in LA.
0: And what role
3: do you think race is playing in the campaign? I think it's playing a big role. I think uh, a lot of people look at the race, you know what I mean, the color of the skin. Like Obama, for instance, Like a lot of people won't vote for him for the fact that he's black, I think.
4: My name is James. I'm a student at LA Trade Technical Center in Los Angeles. I don't think race is a big idea in the campaign, right? I really don't think so.
5: Why?
4: It doesn't seem like it. I mean, there's black people voting for Hillary. There's white people voting for Barack Obama.
2: Letitia Villasenor, I'm a French graduate student at USC. I'm really, I'm really happy that both an African American man and a a female are for election right now and I don't know, I'm half Mexican and it's really nice to see people of color running in the presidential election now. It's about time.
4: I'm Tony Barroso, I'm a tattoo artist right here in the Los Angeles area (laughs) and I don't think this country's ready for a black president or a, or a woman president. And it has a lot to do with race. And I'm a, I'm a Mexican. It's a white country still. Too many minorities. They're the supreme leaders. They're white. Bottom line.
5: That's it. My name is Aliyah Islam. I'm a, I work for Zaire, Prince Zaire Production. I'm a his account executive. I don't think we should even have even uh, talk about race anymore. We're tired of that. Uh, why? Uh, because racism has caused a lot of problem in this world. I think we all are one human race, and we should get along with one another. We're tired of race. We're tired of the race, the skin color. My name is Odell Ferris. I own this store right here. Forty-three, forty-one, Degnan. I'm a general contractor. I'm an African-American woman, 74 years old. Well, you got certain people in this culture that still feel that they can use the race issue for their benefit. Is it positive or negative? As you can see in the campaign so far, the Clinton camp has tried more than one time to use it negatively so it'll have a negative effect okay but fortunately it didn't work.
2: My name is Jeanette um, I come from China I think in my opinion he he looks more like an international person because he has some additives in terms of the Asian people and uh, so he has Maybe I think he will concerned more about more about the the minor community and the immigration community.
0: Reverend Cecil Murray headed the Los Angeles first AME church for twenty-seven years. As the pastor of a well-known black church, he became a well-known figure for his efforts to bring calm to the city after the 1992 riots. Now Reverend Murray is a professor with USC's School of Religion. I spoke to him about Obama's speech, which he calls a work of genius.
4: As the years go by, it will prove itself unless he disproves himself. But the speech itself, I think rang with so much truth that there was enough in it for everybody.
0: How important is this speech in opening a line of dialogue or discussion about race and, and and a discussion that goes fairly untouched?
4: Well, for four centuries in America, we have been faced with the trinity of wickedness which could be described as racism, violence, and greed. And uh, these are three things that America has to make up for. And if we don't, then as the only remaining empire in the modern world, we will begin to implode. Most empires don't explode from the outside. They implode from the inside. We will hurt ourselves Unless we address the questions of racism, violence, and greed, I think America can save itself by facing itself.
0: Some of his critics say that he didn't put enough distance between himself and his reverend by, you know, speaking out against the man's words, but not out against the man. What is your reaction to that?
4: I think that it misfocuses what should be at the center of of attention. A primary question is did Reverend Jeremiah Wright speak truth? Next, was he speaking truth to power? And not did the preacher's words necessarily reflect those of the members' thoughts Secondly, where the preacher's words true of the preacher are true of the soundbites.
0: How much do you think this dialogue that Obama has opened about race will play into uh, his going on now for the nomination?
4: He's walking a delicate line because confession of racism is not something that the vast majority of Americans want to hear, even as we speak of violence, even as we speak of the genocide of Native Americans. These are not subjects that will popularize you with a good segment of the American populace. We have to do something about the racism, and yet if it polarizes us In one of the turning points of our political world and arena, then we hurt ourselves by continuing the subject.
0: Thank you so much for speaking with me, Reverend Murray. Bye -bye. Bye bye. The Reverend Cecil Murray is a professor in the USC School of Religion. Admission to the Los Angeles Zoo will soon be more expensive. The City Council today approved a $2 increase in ticket prices. That puts adult tickets at $12 and children tickets at $7. The increase will occur in two phases, with prices going up $1 in July of 2009 and again in July of 2010. Research indicates a new California law that will require drivers to use hands-free cell phone devices will not reduce crashes as expected. A highway safety study shows it's important for drivers to focus on the road rather than just have two hands on the wheel. California's hands-free law goes into effect on July 1st. Now we check in with Kate O'Garren to find out what's coming up on Annenberg TV News at 6pm on Trojan Vision. Thanks, Lord Tonight on ATVN, we'll be taking a look at one of the most talked about subjects lately, the economy. The Consumer Confidence Index dropped to a five-year low. We'll be talking to a financial consultant and his client to see what they're doing
1: in the current climate. Also today, Pakistan's sworn their new prime minister hear what an expert has to say about their future leader. We'll have that and more, so watch us tonight at 6pm on Trojan Vision or catch us anytime on the web at ATVN.
0: Thanks, Kate. Remember to keep clicking on AnnenbergRadio.org for more stories from South L.A. That wraps it up for today. We had help today from Kelly Kidwell, Stephanie Meisenheimer, and Sonata Lee. Catherine Reese is our producer. Matt Mundy is the executive producer. For all of us here at Annenberg Radio News, I'm Laura Weber.